a trusted voice of truth and light. God gave me a gift. I shovel well. I shovel very well. And a rally point for those who've accepted the reality that they are not sheep. We've got a blind date with destiny. And it looks like she's ordered the lobster. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Well, hello there and welcome to the show. Hey, it's a big day ahead of us, and I'm very happy to connect up with my friend Ammon Bundy. We haven't talked in a while, but to Ammon, nice to have you on the program. Thanks for having me, Brian. It's good to be with you. It's been I would, a while. I would, I would ask, well, are you staying busy these days? But I already know the answer to that question. You are possibly one of the busiest individuals. For the sake of people who are catching up, um, you are running for governor in Idaho. Uh, you have been very active with your group, peoplesrights.org. Uh, tell us what else you've been up to. Well, that other, you know, I've got six children. My oldest is getting married in, in a, that, that's exciting. It's uh, in September. And, uh, you know, I've got kids all the way from six years old to almost 19 years old. And, and so, yeah, I'm a busy guy just doing that. And then, of course, uh, I've always tried to stand for people, always tried to, you know, preserve the blessings that we have in this country and um, stand for individuals who might need help and cr- organize people to help themselves. So that's what I'm doing. And then I threw my hat a, a few months ago into the ring of being a governor, and that's been going really, really well. And we just keep getting more and more organized, more momentum and more support all across the state. I moved to Idaho this summer, so I'm I feel like I'm in a good place. I feel like I have a, a good <laughs> not just a front row seat, but I feel like, no, this is something I can actually can be a part of as well. Talk to me about the reaction of the the Idaho and particularly the GOP establishment when you announced that you were going to run for governor. Well, the. The best thing I, or the best way to explain it is that they lost their minds. They, you know, here in Idaho, the GOP has had its way for years and years and years. And to be honest with you, it hasn't been very good for the people. They've created a one party system, they've become very corrupt. Uh, they've bullied anybody who tries to come in and make a difference. And of course, I come from a different uh, direction. You know, I, I come. Uh, with a lot of thick skin, I come with uh, with a, a name of of and fighting corruption, and uh, they just didn't see it coming. And when I filed with the Secretary of State uh, to run for governor, or at least to uh, create a campaign with them, they about lost their minds. <laughs> they had it all planned out. They were gonna, you know, they had this person was going to be in the race and this person going to be in the race. And that was going to make it so that Brad little was going to be the governor again. And, and he is going to be their go-to guy. And he's one of the good old boys. And, and then I come in and just disrupted all of that. Um, and I, you know, I'm doing it because I have no faith in whatsoever that the Republican establishment here is going to defend the people. You saw what they did during COVID. You saw, money it was not about protecting people it was it wasn't about securing liberty and uh, they just threw they just took and crumbled the republican platform up into a big ball and threw it in the garbage 
I think one of the best things that I've seen come out of this since since you declared that you were running for governor was uh, there were some within the Idaho GOP who were just insisting over and over, hey, he's not one of us. He's not one of us. And you were responding. That's exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one of you. Exactly. And, and they were saying, well, we're not going to give him any money. And I was like, I don't want your dirty money. You know, I don't want your establishment special interest, you know, control, uh, control the government money that they've been doing for the last several decades. I don't want it. Well, for people who are, are, are saying, OK, Ammon, I say, the, the media has already given you a new name. I guess you were probably aware of this. I don't know if you're going to legally change your name to anti-government activist Ammon Bundy. But that's pretty much how almost every story has started introducing you. And, and I think, OK, it's not like they've got their minds made up. But they do wonder, why would this so-called anti-government activist or someone who has been very strict about keeping government within its proper boundaries want to be a part of government? And I'd, I'd like to pose the question to you, but pose it. What could you do if you were elected governor? So um, I am anti-corrupt government. I'm anti-overreaching uh, government. I'm anti-abusive government. Uh, so they just forget that one little uh, verb, uh, or, or I guess it would, yeah, in, in there. They just forget. And uh, uh, and I, I absolutely am anti when it comes to those things. I don't, you know, I don't believe that a government should be infringing upon the people's rights. I believe that they should be securing those rights. I don't believe that they should be preying upon the people and their homes and their properties and their incomes uh, and their children and their churches and their ability to travel and all those things, what Brad Little did during 2020 and, and still, still today has orders in place to do. He still never lifted his emergency orders. And so I am absolutely anti-government in that way. But uh, I think most people would agree uh, that we should all be anti-government when it comes to corruption, abuse, um, overreach. And so uh, anyway, that, you know, that's my that's my position on it. Now, and as governor, we have a situation, Brian, where what we have is we have the executive uh, branches of government with the presidents and the and the mayors and the governors acting like kings and they got they they're like a king and they got their officers which is all the bureaucracies the department of this then the department of that you know and that that's what's happening and they are literally becoming the uh, primary authoritarian branch of government and they're coming down on the people and our form of government was that we're supposed to create the rules to keep the government the, the bureaucracy the executive branch under control and they've uh, uh, diminished, you know, to the point, diminished the legislature to the point where they, they're not even uh, effective really at all. I mean, they, they don't even, the legislature don't even understand what their purpose is to actually be a barrier between the bureaucracies and the people because they're representatives. Well, so, I'm grateful that you are part of this this uh, gubernatorial race in Idaho, um, and I don't honestly know what your chances are. Now, you mentioned to me before we went on the air, uh, the polling is actually looking pretty good. You just uh, you just passed uh, Janet uh, McGeechan in 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 polling. Is that correct? We did. We we just passed the lieutenant governor Janice McGeehan in the in the polling, and we're gaining on Brad Little. And this is something that you know we're we've got. 
until May of 2022 to, uh, until the primaries and we're, we're being extremely active. I'm meeting people. I mean, my schedule is clear full of meet and greets and events and we're, we're having rallies because we believe what well, we know, because we've seen it in the evidence that, and they understand my platform and they see that they were lied to uh, there. They change their minds and they change their minds going, look, you know, why would they go against this person when he is rational? When he him actually stood, when his when his principles and his platform, you know, is truly, truly going to make a difference, and they start to go, well, if they're going after him, and, and you know, and they go after people like Trump, and they go after other people, maybe there's something here that we're not seeing, and they start digging into it, and we believe that that's our job. We have to go all over the state, uh, meeting people, getting in front of people. And we will change their minds that uh, that of who I am and what what the direction of the state should go. I'm happy to hear that. And, and again, like I say, I don't know what the odds are. I mean, I'm, I'm wishing you the best. But at the very least, I am so thankful that you are shifting the conversation to talk about what are the proper limits of government morally? What is government rightly to be in, involved in and what isn't it? And, um, you know, as, as awful as the last year and a half has been with some of the official decisions over COVID, the lockdowns, mandates and so forth, um, you couldn't have a better object lesson about what uncontrolled government can do to us. Absolutely. Uh, let's find that out. There's no reason why Idaho can't be different. Why can't Idaho be different? Why can't we be different when it have to have government welfare? Why can't we be a state of independent people, uh, even rugged independent people? Why is that something that is not attainable? Uh, we need a place to be. We need a place to that a place that that loves God, a place that understands limit of, gov- of government, and a place that really, truly is free and a refuge from the outside world. Why not Idaho? Oh, you're, you're speaking my language. Um, we've got to take a break here in just a moment. Uh, is there a website people can go to, to learn more about your campaign for governor? Yeah, votebundy.com. Very simple, votebundy.com. And there's all kinds of information there, videos, our Keep Idaho, Idaho plan. It can be downloaded. Okay. Absolutely. So when we come back, Ammon, I want to spend some time talking with you about peoplesrights.org. I see you making headlines all over the country. People saying, hey, if you're going to organize yourselves, this is a good way to do it. So we'll continue our conversation with Ammon Bundy, just the other side of these messages. Stay with us. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Just want to mention that uh, this program is brought to you in part by the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage, MonticelloCollege.org, and also LifesavingFood.com. If you go to my show notes at TheBrianHydeShow.com, you'll find links to each and every one of these sponsors. Ammon Bundy. 
joins me. And uh, Ammon, it's been a while since you and I've had a chance to talk, but I knew you would stay busy and active as a force for good in the world. You're doing that. Your gubernatorial campaign in Idaho is a big part of that. But you started on something that has been making the right kind of waves for a while, and that is peoplesrights.org. For someone who may not be familiar with it, how would you describe this organization? Well, it's a place for people to. Uh, well, let me let me back up. It's it's really a communication tool. That's what it is. It's a communication tool. Uh, we built it. You know, I've I've built software before uh, in my company, and so I understand and, and know what that takes. And so we built this, and it's a it's a communication tool, a high tech communication tool that allows someone to basically connect with the people in their area, so that if they're in trouble or someone else is tr- in trouble they can be notified and they could come to their aid and that could be for whatever reason um we and and so you basically just sign up you be, uh, designate or you identify where you're living and then there is a, a two to th- or three to five what we call area assistance and they have all your information they can mass text you mass email you secure message you ham radio if they if they've got it organized in that area and we've seen amazing things happen. Uh, we just saw it happen uh, recently, but some things like in Washington, because there's over 60, well, there's right around 60,000 people in people's rights now across the country and into uh, parts of Canada. An example of this is there was a new couple, and I've used this story several times because it's such a great example. They went into the hospital to have their baby, first baby. Um, they have the baby. Uh, the hospital gives the mother a COVID test. She comes out positive. Uh, this is the second test. The first test was negative. Second test was positive. How does that happen within a you know a few hours? But anyway, uh, uh, comes out positive. When they deliver the baby, the ho- the doctors and the nurses take the baby away from the parents and wow. into another room and won't, will not let them have any contact. And they said, "Well, you're going to have to go home. You're going to have to wait 14 days." And then take a test. If you pass, then you got to give it a couple days and and wait another uh, 10 days after that. And then you can get the baby. And uh, they were, of course, distraught over this. They they hadn't even held their little baby yet. They hadn't even held their baby. And so uh, People's Rights found out about it and began to uh, inform all the people, all the neighbors in their area. And hundreds of people come to the hospital. Hundreds of people were calling the hospital, and they activated. Uh, I think it was seventy-two hundred people uh, in the network that started that were planning and moving their way to the hospital. So it was going to be a huge thing. Well, when the hospital realized what was going on, when the uh, police departments realized what was going on, and when the the health department of Washington realized what was going on. They all decided quickly to return that baby back to the mother and father, and they were discharged. And that's that's the power of uniting, and that's what People's Rights does. And so, I, you know, I'm encouraging everybody to go to People's Rights now. Understand this, and I've said this many times: this is not a top-down organization. This is not a hierarchy where I'm pulling strings at the top and telling people to go do this and this. This is a tool that local communities can use for themselves if they'll use it correctly. And if they'll unite with each other and use it as a communication tool, it's a tremendous tool that's in the toolbox. But it could be also this really great tool that you put in the toolbox and never use. So it's up to you and your community of whether and how you use this this tool 
but it's available to you and it's available to you for free. And it's just a tremendous tool that people have used all over the country uh, to defend and protect their rights. I love that you clarified this is not top-down solutions being imposed by Ammon. You know, it's this is the epitome of what what America was supposed to be, which is we solve problems at the lowest possible level. And we can't understate the importance of being able to come together with like-minded people. I, I know there are several media stories of particular, oh, this is dial a militia. You know, this <laughs> you can summon armed people to you to your aid. But yeah, Uber Uber militia, that's what there, like, the Washington Post. <laughs> Uber militia that anybody can call on a militia anytime they want it's just it's just uh it's almost well it is comical but uh but what can you expect from those people right well and and i'm going to be serious here for a moment about the times that we live in you look at uh, what is looming right now there's there's trial balloons going up oh we may need to impose more mandates you know vaccination mandates vaccination passports and so forth uh like it or not we are in a time and place where everybody is going to have to choose whether they will stand for their freedom or not. And for those who stand or who choose to stand for that freedom, it can feel pretty lonely. This would be a great tool in helping them understand you're not alone out there. Yeah, history has shown us that um, those who stand alone uh, typically don't uh, make it. Uh, you know, they. You know, for whatever reason, you know, you and I didn't make the rules, but the rules in this life are that we have to unite to defend ourselves against the wicked. And, you know, I don't think that's such a bad thing because requiring us to unite, I'm talking about God requiring us to unite to defend ourselves is a really, really good thing. Uh, the problem is, is you can't think that you're just going to ignore your neighbor when he's in need and that your neighbor is going to come to your defense when, when you're in need, uh, you got to get off the couch. You got to stop being afraid. You got to have, have some courage and some faith to get out and do the things that need to be done physically to defend your neighbor. Uh, because if you don't do it for them, it's surely going to come your way and there'll be no one to do it for you. Absolutely. And people who have skin in the game, are going to uh, take things more seriously than those who don't. There's a lot of people complaining. Social media has given us this great outlet to sit there and complain from the sidelines. But there are people who are seriously involved in doing the heavy lifting necessary to preserve our liberty, our our faith, all these things that matter. And I'm just grateful that you've come up with this tool. How do people go about to getting signed up again for peoplesrights.org if, that, if that's something they're interested in? Yeah, go to peoplesrights.org. You go down to the bottom of the homepage, and there's a sign-up. Um, there's also, you could text uh, rights to 80123, rights to 80123. Um, and basically, you just select your state or Providence, depending on if you're in Canada, and then you would select your area. And once you've done that, uh, then you put in your basic information, your name and your email and your phone number, and you become part of that. I think you put it, I think we put in a zip code as well. And you become part of that area now. And the area assistants who have been charged as gatekeepers to protect your information, to make sure that uh, messages only go out for the per- proper reason. And uh, they now have your information and they should be reaching out to you. And if they don't, if it seems like you're in an area that's not that active, then that's probably because they need you to activate it. They need you to become an area assistant and you can contact the other area assistants and they can nominate you. It's all can be controlled locally. And if there's not an area assistant in your area, then you can contact us 
and we will make sure that you know if you're if you're the right person and someone that can be trusted with the information and and understands liberty uh, you can be assigned as the area assistant and then you can get the other area assistants activated and and get your area moving forward and it's just that simple Ammon, we're we're down to the last 30 seconds are here I love the optimism that I hear in everything that you have talked about with me in in these two show segments. Um, Any other information, anything you'd want people to take away from our discussion today? I just want to say that we're either going to act or we're going to be acted upon. And I think that it's just really, really important that we act right now when we can, that we don't become so desperate, uh, so uh, lacked of resources that we can't act. So, and I'm asking you to help me, uh, go to votebundy.com, help me act, and I'll help you as well. Go to peoplesrights.org. Thank you. Okay. Ammon Bundy, thank you so much for being my guest. I'll be back in just a few moments. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. Hey, welcome back to the show. Hey, and just in case you're wondering, there is a link in today's show notes at thebrianhydeshow.com that will take you to peoplesrights.org. I actually had a friend uh, uh, text me from halfway across the country saying, hey, I just signed up for it. I know there are those who will tell you you're joining a cult. Yes, but it's a cult that brainwashes its members into thinking for themselves and being self-sufficient. How bad would that be, right? (laughs) Anyway, our show is brought to you in part today by the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage. You can contact her in St. George at 619 South Bluff Street or call 435-703-4522. Heather's NMLS ID is 715386, and Patriot Home Mortgage is an equal housing opportunity lender. Bottom line, if you need a VA loan, a traditional loan, a reverse mortgage, the Heather Turner team at Patriot Home Mortgage has the experience, I'm talking decades worth, and the stability and the clout to help you get the loan you need without delay. Very important, since properties don't stay on the market very long these days, a lot of competition. I feel like uh, I, sometimes I, I worry that I am crying wolf. Not in the sense that there's not some some things we ought to be paying attention to, but sometimes I worry that I focus on one in particular and and the the looming, you know, lockdowns and mandates and forced vaccinations and vaccine passports and stuff. I've spent a lot of time on this in the last couple of weeks to the point that I almost feel like, gee, man, I almost owe you an apology for always coming back to this. And yet, as, as I sit down every day to go through information, look at the different news aggregator sites and all the different sources of information that I'm checking, looking for something that is worthwhile, empowering, otherwise, you know, inspiring, if, if, if possible. The message that I keep getting loud and clear is uh, this is coming to a head. I know I'm not the only one who feels this. And, and I'm, I'm certainly I, at least I hope it's apparent. I'm not the kind of person who I want to I don't want to go cause trouble for anybody, myself included. I don't want to push my point of view and force myself on other people. But I don't want it done to me either. And unfortunately, there is a absolute sur- and a surplus of um, 
power seekers and opportunists who are using fear of a virus that 99.7% of the population will not die from to terrify people into giving up their rights and to view anybody who's concerned about losing their rights as selfish and out of step. And I know it hits it hits the wrong nerve for some people. It makes people angry. I mean, like they go from zero to PO'd right out, right off the bat. But that's a risk I guess I'm willing to take. And I think, you know, I think I can say this with without uh, you know, fanning the flames here. My goal, of course, is never to bring more anger or more fear into the situation. But hopefully you can see at this point, the, the decision point is is straight ahead. We're, we're within spitting distance where you're going to have to choose. Do I comply? Do I submit? Or do I stand and assert my liberty and claim it like a free man or free woman would? Saw an article today from Addison Reeves. This was published in OffGuardian.org, which is becoming one of my favorite resources for wrong thinkers. They've got a couple of writers. C.J. Hopkins is another one that is just very worthwhile. But I want you to hear what Addison Reeves has to say. This is titled, It's Just or Why I Won't Submit. Tell me if any of this sounds familiar. It's just two weeks. It's just staying three feet apart. It's just staying six feet apart. It's just not going outside. It's just not giving handshakes. It's just working from home. It's just non-essential businesses that are closed. It's just bars. It's just restaurants. It's just theaters. It's just concerts. It's just dancing. It's just intramural sports. It's just choir. It's just non-essential medical services that you have to give up. It's just non-essential items that you're not allowed to buy. It's not just being able, it's just not being able to exercise. It's just gyms. It's just the closure of your business for a while. It's just not making money for a while. It's just not being able to pay your bills for a while. It's just a minor inconvenience. It's just not being allowed to carpool. It's just not socializing for a while. It's just a mask. It's just not traveling for a while. It's just not hugging people for a while. It's just missionary sex that's risky. It's just not seeing your family and friends for a while. It's just not seeing your or visiting your grandparents temporarily. It's just your grandparents not having visitors for their safety. It's just one birthday that you have to sacrifice. It's just one Thanksgiving alone. It's just one Christmas without your family. It's just two birthdays you had to sacrifice. It's just not celebrating any milestones for a year and a half. It's just temporary. It's just a safety measure. It is just your ability to pay cash. It is just contact contact tracing. It is just a health screening. It is just a temperature check. It's just a scan of your face. It's just a minor loss of privacy. It's just one semester. It's just two semesters. It's just one year out of your child's life. It's just one more semester. It's just a high school graduation. It's just the birth of your grandchild that you missed. It is just not being able to be there for your relatives when they're ill or dying. It is just not having a funeral. It is just in person that you cannot grieve with your loved ones. It is just not getting to attend religious service. It's just not getting to practice some parts of your religion. 
It is just misinformation that is being censored. It is just conservatives that are being censored. It is just some of the science that's being censored. It is just the people who have opposing opinions that are banned online. It is just the opposition that the White House is targeting for censorship. It is just bad opinions that are being censored. It's just the economy. It is just small business owners who are suffering financially. It is just poor people who are suffering financially. It is just people of color who are suffering financially. It's just financial suffering. It is just a few small businesses that had to close permanently. It is just a few big businesses that closed. It is just not going farther than a few kilometers from your house. It is just a curfew. It is just a permission slip. It is just being alone for two weeks. It is just being socially isolated for one year. It is just one vaccine. It's just one set of booster shots. It is just regular booster shots every six months. It is just another two weeks. It's just one more lockdown. It is just once a week, twice, tops, that you'll have to prove that you're fit to participate in society. It is just the unvaccinated that will be segregated from society. It's just a medical test. Now here Addison Reeves says pretty simple. No, just effing do it. But he says when you add up all the justs, it amounts to our entire lives. For over a year and a half and counting, he says, we've been robbed of our ability to live our lives fully, to make meaningful choices for ourselves, and to express our values the way we see fit. It is just the inability to express our humanity and the total negation of our very selves. All of these measures have served as a prohibition of expressing outwardly one's valid and complex internal reality. This This kind of suppression of self does violence to one's very soul. He says all of these supposedly little and supposedly short-lived justs have transformed us into totalitarian states from which it appears to be no endpoint. In New York City, California, Australia, etc., the people have permitted government such control over our daily lives that we have to ask it for permission to control our bodies, to move freely, to practice religion, to educate our children, ourselves, to protest, etc. He says soon Biden, Trudeau, and other world leaders are going to clamp down on our ability to express ourselves and to associate with each other online so that we can no longer question, object to, or organize against government action. It is the destruction of democracy. He says it astounds me that my progressive friends, the same ones who claim to support social justice, are welcoming a fascist society in which government crushes any opposition and individuals cannot make choices about their own lives. And here he starts to get into the reasons he will not comply. He says, I will not comply because I do not want to live in the society that is being created by extraordinary submissiveness to government. I do not want to be complicit in this era's atrocities. He says, what's the point of living if one merely exists to obey the elite to one's own detriment? Is it even living if one lacks the agency to direct one's life? I've already submitted in contradiction of my values to a shameful extent. One might say, well, what's one more compromise? But it won't be just one more compromise. It'll just be the next cut in a slow death by a thousand cuts. 
Do you get the point of what he's saying here? Going to come back to it in just a few moments. Stick with us. We'll be back right after the break. This is The Brian Hyde Show. This is The Brian Hyde Show. And we are back. Welcome back to the show. Just a quick shout out here to lifesavingfoods.com or lifesavingfood.com. Sorry, it's right there in the show notes. By the way, I would encourage you, if you would, go to my website, thebrianhydeshow.com. If you've been there before and thought, yeah, yeah, I've been there and seen it, you actually need to take a look. It's, it's really, it's, it's very nice. A friend has done some remarkable uh, renovation and it's, uh, the site is looking very good. I'm very happy with it. I want you to pay close attention, though, to those sponsored links, in particular, lifesavingfood.com. This is food storage. We're talking uh, 25-year shelf life. You don't have to buy a whole year's supply at one time. I mean, you can you can pretty much uh, decide to what's best for you. Do you need a week's worth of food, a month's worth of food? In other words, you can break it down to much easier units because the thought of you know buying a whole year's supply at one time could be daunting to some people. Bottom line, though, if you check it out, I can promise you this. It's good quality food storage, very high quality, great shelf life, and enough selection that you shouldn't feel like, well, I guess we got to just, you know, buy the ark here. <laughs> no, you really have a choice. Maybe just fill in some existing holes in your, in your plan that you have right now. Anyhow, back to the, to the article that I was sharing with you from Addison Reeves. If you're one of those people who's skeptical about complying with the demands of the ruling class, You've probably noticed how all the justifications, hey, it's just one week, it's just two weeks, it's just a piece of cloth, you know, all those things to justify obeying them tend to minimize what's actually being demanded of us. And the list he gives is so comprehensive. I I don't think an objective person could come away with anything other than, yeah, that pretty much does sound like your whole life once once you get to the other end of, and it's just this, and it's just that. Now, I like how Addison Reeves puts his foot down here and says, look, I won't comply. I'm not going to live in a society that's being created by extraordinary submissiveness to government. What's the point of, of living if all you live to do is to obey the elite's orders from one to the next to the next? In fact, he says submitting just validates tyrannical displays of power and ensures that will be more such displays in the future. Just as an aside, I don't know if you heard uh, some of Rand Paul's comments a few days ago, but this is a sitting U.S. senator, and he's saying they can't arrest us all. We will not comply. We cannot comply with these various mandates. I mean, it, it could be everything from, well, you know, the Speaker of the House is requiring all House members to wear masks. And, you know, it's I know people have been told this is for the good of everybody. And look, we have all these studies and fact checkers out here. They're saying it's a good idea. And maybe I'm just cynical because it's possible that I've got it totally wrong. But it sure looks like everything is just calculated. Show your compliance. All you have to do is show your compliance and it'll all be good. The problem is those goalposts will move yet again. Two weeks to flatten the curve. How many days has it been? 500 something? That's some pretty, uh, pretty impressive goalpost moving. But the only reason those posts keep moving is because 
people keep complying. And as long as people keep complying, those who are in positions of temporary authority are going to keep pushing for that control. They see it as a good thing. I like the question that Addison Reeves asks here. What do you get for complying? Merely your continued membership in a society that will only have you if you immolate yourself and become nothing more than a reflection of the desires of the ruling class. What a deal, huh? If you cannot truly be yourself in a society, is that society worth clinging to? He says, I think not. As much as leaving the stability of my comfort zone terrifies me, staying in it means continuing to silence and shrink myself for a disingenuous feeling of acceptance. In that way, it is more of a discomfort zone. And he says, each time I expressed my fears about the future direction of society to my friends, they would say it won't happen. Each time it did happen, they shrugged their shoulders and reminded me, well, compliance was an option. Still have a choice. He says, if at this point, if the government were to cart me away to an internment camp, which, by the way, is not a completely far-fetched notion, and which has happened in the past for being a dangerous dissident, he says, I'm certain that my friends and family would watch it happen and say that it was my fault for not complying. That little shiver that just went up your spine, that's a recognition that, oh my gosh, he's right. They're no longer capable of recognizing the humanity of the opposition or of questioning government. And so Addison Reeves says, I will not submit because I don't want to live in a world in which my supposed allies would happily see me persecuted by the government. I will not comply because the political climate has become so censorial, authoritarian, and generally toxic that my viewpoints will never be represented in the political process here. And without representation, my values and beliefs will be violated again and again by a polity that sees any deviation from itself as invalid. Thus, my compliance will provide zero assurance of any better treatment in the future. I will not bend because I am not a conformist. I will not give in because I do not reward government manipulation and coercion. I will not surrender because I could die at any moment. And I do, not, I do not want my final memories to be ones of craven submission to tyranny and the resultant misery and self-loathing. I will not comply because it is not the government's first intrusion on my body, mind, and spirit. And if we comply, it will definitely not be the last. All I will accomplish by my compliance is validating the government's claim on my body and life. I like this next line. I will not be submitting because this is war, and I'm not handing the enemy its victories. I will not comply because the reward for compliance will still be being treated as a second-class citizen by society. I won't acquiesce because I'm a conscientious objector. I will not cede because measures are unnecessary. The measures are unnecessary, and the practical effect will be to increase government power. I don't comply because I do not want to be a mere slave in the future version of the world they are creating, doing only what I am told to do and having to beg for access to the necessities of life that I am entitled to as a living being on this earth. I will not yield because their religion is not my religion, and I refuse to worship a false idol. 
I will not capitulate because I do not want to betray my ancestors and predecessors who fought for me to be free. I will not surrender because freedom is more important than convenient than convenience rather and ease. I will not comply because if I did, I would be filled with rage against society, resentment toward my friends and family, and self-loathing that would eat me alive. I would become bitter and closed-hearted, and I don't want that for myself. He says, all of this is why I won't just effing do it. By the way, I'll warn you, there is some bad language in the, in the article. Um, his point is still well taken. This is why he won't submit. And I know it's, it's common for us to think, well, if it were me back in the day, I would have bravely stood up to the king and told him, don't you tax my tea? And I would have stood up to the, the people perpetuating slavery and told them how wrong they were. I know we all want to see ourselves as the hero in the story of our lives, right? But the truth of the matter is people who stood up against things that were popularly accepted things for which the, the rest of society had chosen to give its compliance and its acceptance. They didn't receive accolades. They didn't get extra points for virtue signaling how woke they were. Man, they were persecuted. Tarred and feathered. Shunned. Dispossessed of their properties. You don't see too many people clamoring to do that today, do you? And yet it doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to stand up for what your conscience tells you is right. I hope you don't feel like this is putting too big of an expectation on you because not everybody, I mean, look, we all have our little Walter Mitty fantasies, right? About uh, someday the decision will come and I will stand there and bravely make the right decision. But if you are determined to stay in your comfort zone, I can promise you, you'll, you'll never make that decision. Because you will go where your preference takes you rather than where your principles lead you. And principles almost always are going to take you outside of that comfort zone. I wish it weren't that way. Really, I do. I wish that uh, there were something other than discomfort for people who wish to stand for things like their personal autonomy, like their personal liberty, like their freedom of conscience. But that's not the case. So... For those who are sitting there wondering, but what can I do? I can't give you a direct answer and tell you these are the marching orders. Now go and do them. But I will tell you anything that you and I can do to break that illusion of consensus. Everybody agrees with this. If we can break that illusion, we give other people courage to break it as well. And that makes a difference, believe it or not. This is The Brian Hyde Show.